This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. folks welcome to new church live so hold on to that idea of, of your pet i was talking to, to one couple over here and you won't be able to guess who is who her favorite pet was jingles his was killer <laughs> you gotta you gotta love that welcome welcome to the human race and a 12 year old boy so so great to have you here today we're talking about giving and what is what does giving really look like because because it's interesting with thanks and giving and how do we create the space that, that allows for that to happen, for the thanks to take occur, to occur? And what I would say, it happens when we can actually push out and understand giving in new, more, more refined ways. What is giving really all about? What does it mean to give well? What does it mean to give wisely? New church theology puts it this way. God is always out for a partnership. And it's based on these two things. Love. And doing. I mean, and that sounds so simple, like love God and do stuff. But, but, it's, but it's hard to do. I mean, we, we look at that and it's so simple, but we can lose sight of how important the giving component is to thanks. One of my favorite sermons I ever saw at New Church Live was Reverend Barry Halderman. And he did it this way. He did a great sermon on we, we forget about Thanksgiving and we go into thinking it's Thanksgiving, which I, was pretty, I thought was pretty clever. And I, I think there really is something to it. Because what we want is we want to have giving that does this. Moving giving from transactional. I'm going to have you say the polysyllabic word at the end. Moving giving from transactional to transformational. transformational. Like how do we give in such a way that it actually changes our lives? And I think that we can do that. Transactional giving is based on conditions, based on expectations, and instead we want transformational giving. We're able to give, but we give in a way that may or may not shift someone else. Notice what I'm saying. May or may not shift someone else, but helps us to do the humble spiritual work that we're called to do. So much of giving is so that, you know, I'm going to give so that this occurs, which actually is a little bit controlling. <laughs> Or as Anne Lamott would say, it's for those of us who are control enthusiasts. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. We can become a control enthusiast. And so we can give and we give because we're just waiting to hear it back. We're waiting for someone to change behavior or to, or to get accolades. But there's a different kind of giving that I want to talk about today. And it's, it's, I'm going to come at it a, a little bit differently. The story I want to read to you for today comes from Matthew 7. And this is a, a story where Christ is saying, like, well, this is why you need to not judge other people. For those of you following along at home, this is, this is Matthew 7, 1 through 7. Starts out this way. And here you think of Christ. He's, he's talking to a whole bunch of people, and this is what he offers. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then we're going to put the words up here on the screen for the next part. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the, please say the B word there, to the 
beam, really interesting, to the beam in your own eye. I'm going to come back to that. In your own eye, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the beam out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Now, it's interesting when, when you look at that word, beam. Christ, a lot of the time, and I've said this before, but I want to keep coming back to it. He actually is incredibly funny. It's incredibly funny. Jokes galore, but we, of course, lose it. And I feel like in some way, if this makes sense, we lose it because we, we capture Christ in these very austere, static images. And, and the reality is this was a, a living, breathing. God become man. God was skin on. And, and, and you think about folks like the people who you really enjoyed working for or working under, didn't they all have at least a little bit of a sense of humor? Absolutely. Well, and Christ has a very good sense of humor. And this was part of it. See, when we look at that word beam, and some of us grew up hearing the word plank, the beam was somewhat different than how we hold it. The beam, when you look at it, was, was the word beam, meaning the main support beam of your house. So he's talking sort of metaphorically there that we all have this beam that, that we create, this main support beam where we judge other people. It's how we build, and then we build a whole construct around it. It's where we start out with the thing, they are, fill in the blank, or they are, fill in the blank. That's the main beam. And then we build a house around it. Now you think about it for Christ saying, you've got a beam in your eye. And, and people would have chuckled because it would have looked something like this. You know, it kind of ridiculous. You got this, this big old story. This big old story about other people. And when we function from that big story, there's, there's very, very little in the way of, of gratitude or, or connection or true love. See, I, I think this next statement is very, very true. You are precisely as big as what you love. And I have you say the A word there. Precisely as big as what you love and precisely as small as what? Annoys you. Folks, I'm gonna, you, you have to be honest. The, the, just so you know, we gather as volunteers before the service. They weren't honest, so you get a chance to be. How many of you are annoyed by the way at least one person chews during Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> right? It's like this little thing, and we create this. Can you believe the way they chew? I can't believe it. It's a conspiracy. And we create this, this huge story around that, this, this incredibly large annoyance. And the fact is, those are the small things that blind us, the speck of sawdust. You see it? Can I get an amen? Amen. It is true. It's true. Those little things can just, can just blind you to the person in front of you. And here's Christ going, well, you know what? <laughs> Good news, bad news. It's your problem. They're going to keep on chewing that way. It's your problem. What are you going to end up doing about it? Folks, we use this phrase all the time. I'm going to say the first word, and then you're going to say the second, because we all know it. We all have a pet peeve. 
And I believe we love that pet peeve as much as we love jingles and killer. I believe we love that pet peeve that much. We're so married to that story and so married creating a framework of a house around it and a judgment that it makes it impossible for us to see the other person. And yet that's what we're asked to do. So as the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want you to think about what maybe that can look like. When we come back, I want to, I want to sort of work with it a little more, talking a little bit more about, about what is it, what is it, what is the cost really of this when we, when we sort of build houses around how we see other people? What's the real cost there? And then look as well as what's, what's the advantage when we start to really get rid of that beam, to really get rid of those constructs in a way that enables us to be far more present to other people? Because there's a miracle. And it's a miracle that allows us to really dance. To really dance. To really give love to other people. So this, this challenge we have when we, when we create these structures. And again, I, I want to talk about where we're going here. Just listen to this beautiful line of New Church Theology. What makes the partnership mutual is that we love God and we act. That we love God and we act. Easy to lose track of that as, as we sort of have these beams in our eye, these, these, these ways of seeing and these constructs out there. It's hard to be in partnership. And do you know why it's hard? You know why it's hard? Because I think if we continue to function this way, we see the problem, and it's, please say the D word, is fundamental, fundamental distrust. A real sort of rock level, foundational level distrust of the world and everyone in it. That, that distrust is, is, is a challenge. Like, it's, it's, it's a challenge, folks, at, at, at a simple level. At a simple level. I, I can remember, um, you know, way back when, it's coming to me way back when, in high school, going around trying to shovel yard, shovel driveways for people, and, and, you know, knocking on somebody's door, and, and you know, this, this woman standing on the other end, and she, she was like, she, I, I mean... Whoa, somebody knocking on her door in the middle of the day. And back then I looked like one of the beach boys. I didn't exactly look fierce. But, but just to even see her fear, you know, she didn't unlock the door. You know, the door's locked. She's just kind of looking like shaking no. I mean, a real fundamental distrust. Now, now she may well have had good reason for that. I don't know. What I do know is that there, there are places maybe prudently where we need to live that way. But if it comes to characterize our whole life, and we're just creating these constructs of fear all around us. Is there space for gratitude? Yes or no? No, there's no space for gratitude. And folks, gratitude, like it's no small thing. See, see, imagine a moment when you were deeply grateful. I mean, really grateful, like something great just happened to you. Don't you want to share it? You know, don't you want to connect with other people around it? It's sort of what we're doing here in the second part of the service when the board of directors gets up here and speaks. But, but that's what you want to do. You want to share. Gratitude is the fuel for that sharing and for that connection. Fundamental distrust is actually sort of the, the, the suppressant of all that. And it's difficult. You know, look at the week we've been through, right? There is reason for fundamental distrust. I can find reasons and I can list them. And I need to do this. God's greatest gift is our freedom. 
I need to get, I'm freely, I can freely choose if I'm going to live that way or not. I can freely choose if I'm going to live that way or not. And of course, my fears will tell me, please listen, my fears will tell me not only that it is a way to live, but that it is the only way to live. My world gets pretty small then, pretty disconnected, pretty lonely. I don't think that's what God's kingdom is. I don't think that's what God has in mind when he talks to us and tries to point us towards other authentic alternatives that actually can have our souls come alive how do we know when we're doing this? Well, I think if we're, if we're using fundamental distrust all the time, we tend to buy into a lot of these. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Everything is a conspiracy. Did you know that? It's so easy to fall into that where we see every little thing as a conspiracy. Just, just imagine with your family, you know, where you've, you've had a conspiracy theory about another family member. Or they're doing that because of this, because they want that. That's a conspiracy. Do we ever really know what's going on in another person's head, yes or no? <laughs> no, we don't. So knock it off. What? <laughs> conspiracy theory is a great way just to be very aware of that. That, that yeah, we, we just need to be aware that, that we tend to do this. And we can tend to do it both very personally. And then, and then those can ripple out in other ways, too that we need to be careful of and aware of and, and very sensitive towards. And we need to actually, and again, it's hard work, folks. I'm not talking about Pollyannish like everything is beautiful. I'm talking about the hard work of continually, and I, I view it kind of as, you know, trying to, trying to spin a rusted bolt off. You know, it's like, how can I continue to just do the work that's going to spin my life a different direction where, where I don't give in to the gravitational pull of fundamental distrust? See, if I don't give in to it, yes, people will let you down. They will let me down. They will make mistakes. They will, they will prove you right that you should have distrusted them all along. Got it. So what? Got it. So what? One out of every, I'll make up a story. I don't have any statistics, but I'll make, a, make up a story. I trust people one out of every 10 times they violate that trust. I would have missed the other nine. I need to be willing to do the work to allow those other nine into my life and to just get that there is that one. Got it. A different way of living, I think. I was trying to think of the, the languaging around this. Like, who are the people who I look at and I think, wow, they, they just have a fundamental trust in humanity that I just wish I had. And you kind of know it, right? Somebody has a fundamental trust in humanity. Aren't they the best listeners? You know, they, they just kind of like, they're all there. They're all present with you. They're, they're, just, they're just listening and they have a courage and they're, they're not telling you all about the worry. They're not telling you all about the latest conspiracy theory. They're, they're just like, they're just connecting. They're just this big ball of love. And maybe if I was to put some languaging around it, I might use languaging like this. Loving, let me have you say the, the three words there in the second line. Loving people... Yeah, can we say that one more time? 
people. Loving people are trusting people who see that dignity is inherent. Loving people are trusting people who see that dignity is inherent. Let me pull that apart a little bit. A lot of you are sitting beside the person you love most in this world. Beautiful stuff, right? You can give them a little squeeze right there. You know, isn't that beautiful? You think about it. You love them, and because you love them, you can completely trust them. And notice how it works both ways. Because you completely trust them, it allows the space for you to completely love them. Completely love them. You know, and that pushes out huge space for gratitude this Thanksgiving when we come to that. And then what we see is we see that dignity is inherent. There's a certain human dignity. We can look through all the noise. We can look through all the worry, all the concern. We can look right into that other person's soul and just get their dignity is inherent. I mean, just imagine a relationship where where all that noise is happening and all that and all that and all that, but but you're still able to look at your loved one. You're able to look through that to who they actually are. And here's the crazy part. You see them as they actually are, that inherent dignity, that humanity. That is what you will give them permission to become when you see it. I can't repeat that. That's again permission then to sort of come out of there, come out of that bad self, into that out of that shadow self, into something just miraculous. Now, not not everybody does. Of course, you get that one out of ten that's just going to, out of fear, collapse in more and more and more. Of course, that's going to happen. As I said before, so what? Don't miss out on the other nine. Allow that to come out. That humanity. Now, I want to give you folks an example of what that's like to really see somebody, to really see somebody and to really see that inherent dignity. So I want to show you a video. And then after the video, there's a question. We'll roll right into the question. It's a 60-second question. For those of you, we have a lot of first-time people here, which is great. We text a lot in church today. I mean, any day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the online audience, that's why you saw me scurry up, was to say hi to the online audience. You got a big online audience. We have you folks here. You're welcome to text your answer into me when you see the question. And, uh, you know, or just to share it with a partner. But I want you to look at this video. This is a video. This is a woman who's about to go through a double mastectomy. She's found she has breast cancer, very major surgery. And she asked her operating team to do one thing for her. So what I want you to do is I want you to watch this. It's only a short clip, a minute or so. And then I want you to text me, yeah, where did you see that that trusting, that inherent dignity exemplified in this video? There's your question. Where did you see in this video loving people are trusting people who see that dignity is inherent? Please share with the neighbor or text it into me. All right, folks, as as always, great answers. Oh, a few more coming in. It's all in the sharing of what makes us human. Trusting people don't care about how they are perceived. Isn't that interesting? We kind of let that go. A whole bunch coming in here. Yeah, I, wish, I always wish I could share all of these with you folks, but unfortunately we can't. Uh, everywhere, the joy of everyone dancing, sharing the happiness and knowing that it's all good. Come, this is a beautiful one. Thank you for sharing that one. Come dance with me. We are all in this together, a celebration of life. It's always fun, too, going back and looking. We are just getting too many of these. It's the curse of having a big person in person, an online audience here. 
I'll go over some more of those later as they let them all come in. Uh, you know, that's, that's just very powerful stuff, folks. It's very powerful stuff to witness. And, and to get to the choice, I was talking to, to a few people over here. Did you notice? Did you notice something? It's beautiful there at the end. She thanked the operating team, and then what happened? They thanked her. Did she change their lives? Yeah. They did not see her purely as fill in the blank piece. The blank piece. They did not see her purely as a patient. They saw her as a person, human being, another human being. Is there space for gratitude in that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, it's, it's a movement beyond a construct there. And, and, and you just imagine, like even, even the surgeon's view, just I imagine the surgeon, the surgeon, like a speck. Cancer is just a speck in a certain sense. And even, even the surgeon able to, 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 to work with that cancer in a new way. Wow. Wow. It's, you try to let this kind of stuff sink in about what Christ is talking because we can skate over it so fast. Yeah, me emoting your eye, da, da, da. No, 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 no. Listen for this Thanksgiving. This is important. This matters. There's somebody over your Thanksgiving that's crying out for you to give them the benefit of the doubt. To let go of your construct of who they are and why they do the things that they do. So that you can learn to truly give in ways that can be just amazing. So that's your charge this Thanksgiving. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Let go of your pet peeve. (laughs) Remember new church theology about like what real mutual partnership is. It's loving God and doing, not judging. Remember thanks and giving. We give thanks so we can give. And very importantly too, we give so that we actually have the space to thank. And that's what I got today. The way we're going to close today's service is with a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. You'll have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer. We're going to have a moment of quiet reflection. As the prayer in the last song is coming up, I'm going to ask the board members to just meet me out here, and then I'm going to walk them up and around. We're ending a little early, so we don't, we don't go way over so we have a chance to again talk about what we're trying to create here at New Church Live. I'm going to give you a little forewarning, too. I found out there's a couple of people who do contests. They try to figure out what the last song is going to be by how I'm preaching through that day. I don't know whether any of you got it. I'm going to ruin the surprise. We have Mary, who usually joins us online from Chicago. She flew out, and she's here today, and she's going to be singing. I'm going to have you say the last word. Give me, give me some loving. That's the last song we're going to beat. You better all be standing and clapping at that last song. It's a, it's a high-energy bet. As we look, yeah, how is it that we really give love over the Thanksgiving? We're going to go out with a celebratory mo- it's in a celebratory way, and we're going to get a chance to hear from our board of directors. So please join me in prayer. Lord, I want to first off this Thanksgiving season to thank you. To thank you for this incredible group of people 
for this congregation, for this gathering. Gathering, Lord, of people who love one another, people who serve, people who care, people who are looking to be some sort of light out there into this world, the salt of life. And Lord, I want to thank you as well. I want to thank you on behalf of the congregation for the opportunities that we have this Thanksgiving season to give, to move outside of ourselves, to find that humanity common to all, to see that inherent dignity in every one, to see it, Lord, to allow that inherent dignity to bring us home, to bring us, to return us back to our best selves. Angels on their way home, angels here in training. Thank you, Lord, for the first-time volunteers. Thank you for the board members, Lord, who will be speaking here soon. And thank you, Lord, for this, for life, for life. Let us go out if you're dedicated to giving love out there into this world. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 